welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like capital ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It would mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy. If you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy, you can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Yeah, so here's the thing. We just had an event uh, this weekend, a Blueprint and Mastermind, and man, let me tell you something. We had speakers the first day, and then we did a mastermind, a true mastermind, like the old Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, 
Uh, matter of fact, Amberly was in a mastermind with me, I think last year or the year before, where Greg Reed taught us the actual guidelines to a true mastermind and certified us into running masterminds uh, based on Napoleon Hill's, you know, concepts and the way he ran it. And, you know, I didn't know what to expect because I never really did a true one myself. I participated and I knew what the results were. But man, let me tell you something. Like there was breakthroughs like no other. And sometimes, and I've made this mistake in the past, that I felt like I had to do it all. You know, a lot of us do this in business. Like we feel like we have to do it all. And really what I found out and, and really observed and sat back and watched was the ability of others to pour into others. Even if they're not a speaker, coach, trainer, consultant, expert, they're able to pour into others out of their experiences and brain. And, and it was just an amazing thing to see. And not only does it help the person they're pouring into, but it really helps elevate the person that's doing the pouring into. And, you know, I, I just, I was absolutely blown away by it and uh, just encouraged me now to continue to do these um, and continue to create unstoppable people. So today's message, I, I got my friend and partner, Jared Yellen. Uh, he's on the stage with me today and he's going to be my guest. But before I introduce Jared, Today, I really want to dig into, um, Dora Maria, could you help me with the link, please? Um, I really want to dig in. Thank you so much. I'm going to really dig in today about, you know, I was reading this morning about uh, pound for pound, the pound for pound principle. And, you know, it reminded me of the story. I know you guys have heard this before, but Matthew 25, 14 to 29. If you're taking notes, you want to write that down. If you're not a Christian, just look at the Bible as a history book and do me a favor and go look at this verse because you might not have heard this story before. Many of us have heard this story before. Matthew 25, 14 to 29. And it talks about a, a gentleman that has servants and he gave them each based on their skill level, a certain amount of resources, let's call them. And I'm not going to get into the story right now. I'd, I'd really love for you to go look at it, look at it yourself. Um, but basically it talks about what are you doing with what you're given? What are you doing with what you're given? You see, none of us know our true potential. None of us knows the limits that we have. We place limits on ourselves, but we really don't know the limits that we, we actually have if we were to push and see how far we can take it. And so uh, the reason this is a great start to this is, is my man Jared Yellen, is, he's in his mid-30s, and he is an example of pound for pound, like a pound for pound champion. And it's, and it's not just because of basically what he has now, but it's basically from where he came from, which I'm going to have him share. And, and, and I can relate to this as well because of where I came from. You know, brokenness, broken family, as I shared a couple weeks ago. You know, I don't remember my parents together. No money. You know, and, and, and where you came from and what are you doing with what you were giving? Some were given a lot and they don't do much. Some were given little and they still don't do much and they don't get more. Some were given very little and they've done a lot. I mean, if you look at people that have come out of poor, broken homes, and now they're, they're and it, I'm not talking about celebrity being important, but they've done a lot with what they've done. They've become celebrities. Maybe they become pro athletes. Maybe they become pro business people, super successful business people from nothing. Maybe they were able to pour into people and change millions of lives and they came from nothing. What are you doing? That's the question I want to ask you today. What are you doing with what you've been given? And are you aware of what you've been given? Like a lot of times we have to ask ourselves that question. We have to really dial it in and say, what do I have available to me? And I went over my Waymo or Waymore method the other day. 
And the Waymore method, one of the things was the, the, the second letter in that was an A, assets. What assets do you have available to you? And so this relates to that. So uh, when we're doing this, uh, this little interview slash Jared and I talking, I want you to really think about the lessons that you're going to hear in this because there's so many lessons in this story we're about to talk about. And I, and I want you to make sure that you're writing notes down because I don't want you to miss a thing because what we're going to do and what we have done, but what we're going to do because we're looking into the future has never been done before. And just because it hasn't been done before doesn't mean it can't be done and doesn't mean it won't be done. Because the cert level of certainty that we have that we're going to accomplish this mission that Jared set out to do, and I jumped on board when I heard about it, is unbelievable. And when you hear the, what's called a moonshot, you're going to have a hard time in your mind believing that it's possible. And you're going to think that we're crazy. And we already know because we've told several people. <laughs> and But you're also going to think that we're onto something. And so uh, with that being said, I just want to talk two more things real quick. I want you to think about two words. I want you to think about the word contentment versus complacency. Contentment versus complacency. And I'm going to tell you the definitions real quick because I'm big on them. If you've heard me speak before, big on the definitions. Contentment, a state of happiness and satisfaction. That's contentment. And I think that's what we should aim for. Versus complacency, which is a feeling of smug or uncritical satisfaction with oneself or one's achievements. A feeling of smug or uncritical satisfaction with oneself or one's achievements. Now, you'll notice that satisfaction shows up in both definitions. But in complacency, it's, it's preceded by smug or uncritical. Now, I, I had a, you know, I've heard of smug before. So, this, you know, when I was looking at this, I was like, you know what? Let me look at the definition of smug, too, for the heck of it, just to make sure that I'm clear on this word. And it says smug, having or showing an excessive pride in oneself or one's achievements. Then I couldn't help but remember last week's talk when I talked about being humble and, and humility. And what the true, true definition of humility is, is less concern for one's self-importance and more on others, more focus on others. And so let's aim for contentment rather than complacency. Because complacency to me has always been a kryptonite. Because it's easy to fall into that. Would everybody agree? Can I get some mic flashes? Everybody agree that it's easy to fall into complacency? And comfortability, if that's a word. <laughs> and we all go there sometimes. We're not like none of us are perfect. But it's important to recognize as soon as possible when you start to slip into that. So with that opening, I want to introduce you to my friend, my business partner. Uh, this is a guy that's younger than me, but I actually look up to and I'm inspired by. And not for what he's accomplished so far, but his future vision. Uh, you know, so I, and some of you may know Jared, but I, I want to introduce just for those that are new to the room and I want to welcome all of you and thank you for being here. Uh, introduce you to Jared Yellen. What's up, Jared? Great to be here, brother. Wonderful intro. Let me up as always. And uh, excited to be here. Glenn, thank you for having me as well. And for the entire team here. So, uh, let's rock and roll. Ask me anything and let's dig in. Yeah. So let's get a, you know, I know there's different versions of your story, short, medium, and long. But let's just kind of kind of touch on some topics of, you know, where you came from and where you've been and then what the vision for the future is. Yeah, I'd love to. So um, I'll kind of go back to a place that I don't I don't go often, but I, I think it's really relevant for this morning. And I feel like there's someone here right now that needs to hear this piece of the story. So when I was 20 years old, um, I had a realization, which was eventually I'm going to be a dad. 
And I knew it was not when I was 20. And most 20 year old young men are not thinking about becoming a father unless they're actually going to become a father. But the reason I was thinking about it um, is I was reflecting on my childhood and my parents went through an extremely intense divorce when I was five years old. Uh, I'm sure there was divorces way more extreme than theirs, but it was, it was rather, rather tumultuous. And if somebody were to ask me what's one word to define your childhood, I would have said loud. Like there was just, there was nowhere to go for peace. Um, it was this, this perpetual roller coaster of emotion and, and, and fighting and restraining orders. And when I was 20 years old, I realized for me, this was a point of demarcation. I can make decisions at this point of my life that will forever change the trajectory of my life and my future children's lives as well. And I started thinking to myself, what kind of dad do I want to be? And as I was sitting, just introspecting, what hit me was this word called freedom. I don't recall ever hearing that word before or even thinking about that word before, but it hit me. And every time I share this, this part of the story, which I don't share often, I get the goosebumps because it was like one of those moments for me. And I'm like, what is freedom? So I grabbed my laptop and 30 minutes later, I wrote seven pages of content on my definition for freedom across 12 different areas, everything from my health to my geographics, to my career, to my finances. And then I started reading what I wrote. And it was so interesting when I was reading it, I realized I don't know anyone that has this lifestyle. Like there's no one I've ever met that has this level of freedom. And if I'm gonna want what no one else that I know has, I have to be willing to do what no one else that I know has done. And I just went total immersion, burn the boats into entrepreneurship. So now fast forward 17 years, I just turned 37, um, and I have that freedom. I'm a dad. I have a five-year-old daughter named Taylee. I have a three-year-old little rock star son named Riker. I'm happily married. And we have checked the box on all of those categories of freedom. And, and the reason is I went all in on entrepreneurship. And maybe some of you right now are like dipping your toe in and you don't have what you want yet. And it might be the time to just absolutely burn the boats and go all in. I'm what you call a non-technical tech founder. So what that means is there's not an engineering bone in my entire body. I know how to write marketing copy and I know how to sell. Uh, 10 years ago, almost 11 years now, I launched a company called Synduit. And the vision for Synduit was to democratize the marketing agency. What that means is I wanted to find a way to provide agency quality marketing to small business owners. So instead of them having to spend five to $10,000 a month, which is for most small business owners, just too much money, I wanted to find a way to make it under $50 a month. And the reason that mattered to me was my stepfather. My stepfather at the time was a 59-year-old, very talented chiropractor in a small little office in Rivervale, New Jersey. And I remember looking at him and being bothered that his message and his mission matters so significantly, yet so few people even knew it. And one day I went to him and I said, why don't you go and hire an agency? And he said, because I can't justify it. I could afford it, but I just can't handle that many new patients, so I can't justify the investment. And I said, well, if I was able to provide you with agency quality marketing for under $50 a month, would you pay for it? And he said, of course. But remember, I'm a non-technical tech founder. And I knew in order to do anything like that, I would have to build tech. And since I didn't know where to begin, I had the money to do it, but I didn't really know where to start. I figured, let me just start. Let me commit and figure out all the details later. So I did. And what I launched was the exact opposite of what I wanted. I launched an agency because I figured if I'm going to democratize an agency, which means eliminate it, I need to at least build one first and understand every aspect of that business model. So I got two clients to give me a shot. I became their direct response marketing copywriter. We did a performance deal where I would earn 30% of any business that I produced for them. 
and I dominated. I made them millions and millions of dollars in six months. So as a result, I did well economically, but more than the money, they told everybody about me. And within 14 months, those two clients turned into um, almost 400 clients. And I was running a very large agency. We had a big team. We had a big office. I built the exact opposite of what I desired. Um, and about 18 months into that journey, I realized exactly what I needed to do to democratize the agency. I was going to build the simplest marketing software in the world and then pre-populate that software with agency quality content. So I started interviewing different software development firms across the US that were all highly uh, reputable. I hired one out of Boston, Massachusetts that was the best for what I was looking to do. And they told me that it would take 10 months and $750,000 to build the first version of the software. And I went all in, I mean, total submersion. And uh, I funded it myself. I was 26, 27 years old at the time. And uh, I mean, all in, I was writing checks for 50 to $100,000 every month to offset the cost of the team. And 10 months went by and it was that big moment. We call it D-Day, so it's demo day. So I went to my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, Lindsay. I said, this is our moment. Like, this is the day I'm becoming a tech founder. It's gonna change our entire life forever. And I drove from North New Jersey to Boston for the big meeting. And I walked into this beautiful conference room overlooking the city. And they said, Jared, we're so excited to have you. We have some really good news for you. And they, they emphasize some. And I'm like, oh my goodness, if you have some good news, you must have some bad news too. So I'm like, all right, let's get started. Show me what you got. So they had this beautiful screen up and they started the demo and it looks so good. Like the vision was captured and two minutes and 12 seconds in, the video stopped. And I'm like, where's everything else? Like, I think that might be like 11% of what I was expecting. It looks great, but like, where's everything else? And I said, well, that's the some bad news. We miscalculated what it was going to take to finish the project. So I'm like, all right, what's the damage? Let's do this. Like we got momentum, let's go. And they said, we need another year and a half and $1.5 million on top of the 10 months and 750 that I just spent. And in that moment, I became a statistic because for people like me, that happens quite a bit. The non-technical tech founder that just doesn't know what they just don't know. And it's so interesting when I think back to that moment because the normal emotional response would have been anger or pain. And it was neither for me. I felt that this was happening for me, not to me. I felt like this was just part of my journey as an entrepreneur and that this was going to be part of my calling as an entrepreneur. And in that moment, I declared, I don't know what this looks like, but I'm going to find a way to make the technology industry safe because that didn't feel safe to me. And it most certainly didn't feel safe to anyone that I shared the story with. In addition, I met somebody because the universe is always looking out to ensure that, that the right, most integrous person wins. And I met somebody. And that person's name is Mani. We had 35 engineers on our team at that time. Um, and Mani was just one of them. But prior to working with me, he lived in India. And when he lived in India, um, he started his own software development firm um, out of his parents' little tiny 150 square foot apartment. And three years later, he grew that firm to 100 employees. So outside of being a very strong engineer, he's really a wonderful manager and mentor to engineers as well. He sold that company at the end of 2011 to move to the U.S. in 2012. And when he moved to the U.S. in 2012, he was living on the end of my street where my original office was in Englewood, New Jersey. So he could have been anywhere but there. We, we never would have met. But literally his, his, his home, like his apartment building, was less than a quarter mile to my office. And just the proximity alone led to us meeting. He eventually began working in my office. And when I realized this firm in Boston just could not deliver what they said they were going to do, I brought Monty on as my full-time CTO and I ended my relationship 
with the vendor. And that gave me a chance to do Synduit right. We began to build our own software development team in the US, in Canada, and we hired 12 people in India as well that Mani previously worked with. And when you're in tech, if you can crack the code on India, you're in great shape. It's just hard to crack the code on India unless you have someone like Mani who hires his friends and his family. So it was really just amazing. Um, but there was a challenge that I faced. And the challenge was whenever you hire anyone in India and you're a US-based firm, you could only hire them as contractors. And contractors in India, um, their income is not recognized by banks. So as a result, they can't get personal loans for anything, houses or cars. And I wanted to solve their quality of life challenge and eventually my future retention issue. So in 2017, I set up a company in India that I owned just to hire these 12 people. Um, once I hired them, I realized that was a lot of effort to just hire 12 people. Let's use this as a recruiting tool. And that became my catalyst. In 45 days, we doubled the team. And now Sinduit has over 40,000 active paying users on the platform. It's an amazing company. We did what we set out to do, which was to democratize the marketing agency, but really where the magic happens and where there's so much for all of you to learn and either as a, as a medium for inspiration or- Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Maybe it's a little kick in the butt to get off the fence and go after your, your big and your audacious. And the way that C-Rock and I connected is that in April of 2020, I woke up one day and I realized I'm officially obsolete at Sinduit. And that should be every one of your dreams as an entrepreneur. Like get to a point where you're not needed, you're only wanted, and even maybe not even wanted because you've been able to build the machine. The machine just keeps producing regardless of your involvement. And that's where Sinduit was. I was 35 years old, two young kids, happily married. And I was thinking to myself, what's next? I have so much energy. I got so much time now. What's my next chapter? And all that I- And Jared, Jared about, let, me, let me stop you for a second right here because I want to point out something here. This is where the complacency could have set in, right? What I talked about earlier. And I never, I never interrupt his story ever. So please forgive me, but I want to point out this because very, very simply could have went right into complacency. And although he's been given so much more ability, which you'll hear, this is, this is, this is inspiring to, to, to me for sure. But for everyone, think about this. He's making plenty of money comfortable. He could have just rode off into the sunset. Am I right or wrong? Oh yeah. Yeah. We had a great life. Yeah. Fantastic life. Yeah. I, 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 sh I, I remember even thinking about that too. I was, I was walking on the, we used to live in Westport, Connecticut. We lived right on Campo beach. It's a beautiful area. And I was walking on the beach one day and that's what I was thinking. I'm like, is like, am I going to be that 35 year old that just lives off of, of this success? Cause I, I could and have a really great life. Or am I going to do something that shakes the world up? And I had to make that decision in that moment. Like I, I forced myself to, I'm like, what's the next move? And all that I could think about was the day that I was sitting in that conference room in Boston and I declared that I'm going to make the technology industry safe. I declared it. I didn't know what it looked like then, but I, I knew what it looked like in that moment. And in that moment, I said, my next chapter will be my moonshot. I'm going to do something that shakes up the freaking world or I'm going to go down trying. And as I started digging into what that looked like and how that was going to to correlate with making this, the technology industry safe, I realized what I needed to do. I need to do what I just did with Synduit, but 10,000 more times by 2031. 
And I don't know why it was 10,000. 10,000 of anything is just pure insanity. But you can't negotiate against your moonshot. You just got to accept it. So I got my phone. I called up Monty, who was still my CTO at Sindhu, and this woman, Katie, who was my director of operations. And I said, I got an idea. I'm going to do it with or without both of you, but I can't imagine not having you go on this journey with me. Let's build, scale, and sell 10,000 tech companies over the next 10 years. Are you in? And their exact words were, we are in because it's you, but we have absolutely no idea what you're talking about. And I said, okay, let me explain. Now, here's a lesson for all of you. The level of certainty I share that with, which is the reason why they said yes, without understanding any of the details. It was undeniable, unwavering. This was happening with or without them type of certainty. And I encourage you to step into that. But then I explained what I meant by it. And I said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to launch a tech incubator, but this is not going to be like every other incubator or accelerator. We invest very little money and then provide mentorship in a classroom for three to six months. That's cool. That's just not what this is. What this is, is a place for entrepreneurs from around the world can come and pitch us. They can pitch us their tech idea they've scribbled on a napkin, so a concept, or a prototype, which we call a minimum viable product, or even a cash-flowing tech company that's looking for dramatic acceleration. And they're going to pitch us, and there's four things that we're going to look for. The right person or right people, with the right idea, in the right market, and the right business model. And if those four things are present, we will co-found the company with that person. We will take equity in the company so our values are completely aligned. And then we build the entire company at cost. Software development, go-to-market, business development, sales, customer support, legal, bookkeeping, everything it takes to build, scale, and sell that company at cost. And about 99% of the initial cost for the minimum viable product is at cost in a company in India that I've owned since 2017. So the risk is low and the cost is low. So Mani and Katie said, let's go. So in June of 2020, we started the process. And since then, we've had well over 14,000 people, close to 15,000 people at this point, submit their ideas. Many of them, almost all of them were, were ideas on paper. So napkins, some were minimum viable products and others were cash flowing tech companies. Of the nearly 15,000 submissions, about 600 of them earned the chance to pitch us, which is their Shark Tank moment. We have our own show that we do every day. So that was their chance to pitch us. And then of the 600-ish that pitched us, we said yes to about 130 of them. So in our first year, we co-founded 130 tech companies, which is more remarkable than 10,000 in 10 years, because this was the year to figure it out. Like, how do you do this? How do we scale our company in India and other countries as well? How do we fundraise at scale? How do we do bookkeeping at scale? How do we do go to market and business development at scale? Here's the moral of the story. I committed and then figured out the details. If I had to figure out all of these details before I committed, I never would have committed. And there's another thing I want you to hear. This is the thing I'm most proud of. We're not playing law of averages. It's not like if we launch enough tech companies, we have a couple of winners along the way. Everything we say yes to, we see a clear path to build, scale, and sell. And my certainty comes from the fact that we have enormous attention. We have attention from the right people across all different industries, from Silicon Valley legends to big tech companies, to venture capital and private equity firms, to politicians, to athletes and celebrities. 
We have attention everywhere. And the reason we have attention is because I did three things. Now that I look back on how did we get so much attention so quickly, there's three things that I did. This is what you should write down. The first thing that you need to do is declare your moonshot. So for me, it's build, scale, sell 10,000 tech companies over the next 10 years. The way that you declare your moonshot is a simple formula. You first state a maniac action. So for me, it's build, scale, sell. That's a maniac action. The next step is a radical number. So 10,000 tech companies. And the final piece of the formula is an insane time frame in 10 years. So it's a maniac action with a radical number, an insane time frame. There's your moonshot. This can't just sound good though. The next step is you take what I call maniac action. So what maniac action looks like is anyone that's watching you thinks that you're crazy and onto something because you're taking so much action so quickly. They don't know what to think. It's just like, oh my gosh. And then the third step is you talk about what you're doing incessantly. So you declare the moonshot, you take maniac action, and you talk about what you're doing incessantly as if it's already happened. And the byproduct is attention. Because for any of you that have a moonshot, what's going to bridge the gap between where you are and making your moonshot a reality shot is enormous amounts of attention, enormous amounts of people who care, enormous amounts of relationships that can create catalytic outcomes. Because to create a moonshot, you need a village. And that's what I'm committed to doing is having a village of the right people going on this journey with us. So that's the story. I hope it inspires you. I'll answer any questions that you have, Mike, or anybody else that is here to, uh, today with us. Yeah. So uh, what I want to do is for about five, 10 minutes, I want to answer questions based on that story real quick. And then at around 845, uh, I want to share with you what we're doing with Blueprinted. We have some huge announcements, huge breakthroughs, and I want to show you how you can get involved not just as a customer, not using the platform, not not being a creator, not just being a creator on the platform, but other ways you can join the journey. Because for for my moonshot, I'll just share with you real quick, is we're going to create 15 million unstoppable people as soon as possible by giving them the exact steps needed to achieve a desired outcome. And so I can't do that by myself. I need people all the way from people being involved, creators, people caring about it as much as we do, but we also need this energy. We need the people that are cheering for us. And we also need haters, people that are rooting against us. People are discouraging us because, you know, if you know me, I have a rocket fuel law that turn everything that comes your way into rocket fuel to become unstoppable. So we need all of that. And I'm going to share with you at, at the last part of this segment how you can get involved with the journey and let you know what we're doing. So before I do that, let's answer some questions. Anybody on stage have a question for Jared or comment? And it only takes one to get the ball rolling. Well, everybody's just blown away. And no one asking oh, no, no, questions, C Rock. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'll go ahead and credit. It's normal. I got a question. All right, who was first? A credit was credit. Is that you, credit? That's me. I have a question, uh, Jared. Hey, Jared. Nice to meet you. Heard some nice things about you. Um, yeah, so you're providing all the support. You get an equity play. Do you provide uh, funding so that they can expand their business too, or is just the support and equity piece? I'm done. Uh, so yeah, great question. We we get them funded. So we 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 have a funding process that that is that just works. So every time we've deployed it, it has produced the outcome. So the first step in the funding process is a friends and family experience. It's a great exercise that all of our co-founders go through. Um, and and in one thing you, you mentioned support, it's it's more than support. 
we become the infrastructure of their company. So when somebody comes to us with a napkin, which is for the most part what we see are just concepts, they don't even have a company set up. There's no LLC, there's no C-Corp, there's no name, there's no trademark search, there's no operating agreement, there's no investor documents. Like there's nothing, like it's just this concept that they've been sitting on. So we are literally co-founding the concept and then converting it into a company that is then positioned to build, scale, and sell. But the way the fundraising process works is step one is a friends and family experience. And this is the, the opportunity for our co-founder to invite the people they care about most to go on the journey with them. But there's an exercise we take them through. This is a great exercise for all of you that are looking to raise funds. Plan your exit party now. So when you sell your company for a billion dollars, you have a unicorn, so you sell it for a billion dollars, you're gonna throw the damn biggest party ever. Like I, I, I am pumped for Glenn Lundy's billion dollar exit. That's gonna be a huge party, right? Huge party. There's gonna be entertainment, there's gonna be food, there's gonna be music, like the energy's gonna be off the charts. But once they plan the party, the next thing we ask them is who's on the guest list? Like, who are you going to invite to this party? And so they make their list and the list might have 100 people or 200 people or 500 people. This is a unicorn party. It's going to be a really big party. And I'm like, that's amazing that you have that many people you want to invite to your exit party. It's your moral responsibility now to invite them to go on the journey to the exit party. Because as fun as the exit party will be for everybody, those that went on the journey to the exit party, it'll be a hundred times as fun. A great example of this is the great quarterback, Joe Montana. I'm not sure if anybody knows who Joe Montana is, but he's one of the greatest quarterbacks in history. When he played football for the, in the NFL, it was in an era where there were not big contracts yet. I think his total earnings as a quarterback, and he's one of the greatest of all times, was $20 million. And that's what Tom Brady makes in one year now. So he, he did well when he played, but he did very well since he's played. Um, and he's an early stage tech investor. He invested $100,000 into a company called GitLab a few years ago in a friends and family experience. And GitLab sold this year for $15 billion. His $100,000 turned into $43 million. He would have been invited to the party anyway, but he had a lot more fun at the party because he went on that journey. So we host a friends and family experience. We do it together. It's predictable. It works. This will typically fund anywhere from 10% to 100% of each company. When we go out and raise money, it's, it's very little money. So it's not very hard to get it funded. Whatever it does not fund, it goes into the next stage. So the next stage is I have an angel investor network that I launched, which is pretty much just my friends because they kept on asking me what I was up to. So I said, just join this network. So it makes it easier for me to show you deal flow. And we built a network of angel investor networks so we almost have like our own little directory and we, we, we filter our companies into the right networks that will invest in their types of deals. We get the deal funded and then we're off to the races at that point. I love that. I wanted to uh, do a follow-up comment, but the fact that you visualize the outcome is so important because that's what we talk about for most of my client is how do you see it end? Like, how do you visualize? What's the detail? How do you paint that picture? And I love the way that you describe that and, and setting up that network is so important because you connect all the dots because you have that base and that foundation and all the pieces come together. Thank you, Jared. I appreciate it. I'm Thank done. you. Great question. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Credit. Who is next after credit? Jackie here. Can I ask a question, Ben? This is C-Rock, but yeah, I know, I know Glenn sounds sexy like me too, but this is C-Rock. Go ahead, Jackie. <laughs> oh, sorry. Thanks so much. <laughs> How are you doing, C-Rock? Jared, fantastic segment. Thank you so much. 
um, do you only work with people based in the United States? Because I have an idea that I have been working on in the background and my big problem is getting the technology to get it up and running. Uh, so um, I'm based in Ireland. This is Jackie awesome. in the red, back the baton. Thanks Jackie. So the reason I'm doing this and it's kind of, it's, it's why I shared the first part of, of my story was I wanted to democratize the marketing agency, which really means I want to create an even playing field between small business owners and larger companies. That was really what I wanted to do because small business owners is what makes the world the world, right? Like the economy is small business owners, but big companies have resources that small business owners don't have. And as a result, they have an unfair advantage. So what we did with Sinduit was we, we up-leveled the small business owner to create an even playing field by leveraging technology. Well, now I'm looking to do the same thing and will do the same thing in the space of tech. I will democratize technology with our team, with the village that we've built of committed people. And the reason that matters is because for the most part, the technology scene resides in Silicon Valley in California. And that might be the most pretentious place in the world. If you don't have the right skin color, gender, pedigree, you have no shot. Like it just, just doesn't work. And I stand against it. Our team stands against it. We don't care about where someone's been or where they are. All we care about is where they want to go. And when the right person shows up with the right idea and the right market, the right business model, we give them a shot. We have a founder right now in a little village in New Zealand. We have founders all throughout the US and around the world. We have an 11 year old founder and a 77 year old founder. Currently we have more women than we have men. We have a partner, I don't know if he's in the room today, Jared Albert, who's our diversity partner, who's going out into the world to ensure that we have extreme diversity within, within our incubator. So that was a long way of saying 100%. We will work with anyone, anywhere, as long as they are the right person with the right idea in the right market and the right business model. So feel free to send me a message and uh, I'll send you some more details so you can go through the process with us. Greatly appreciate it, Jared. Thank you so much. Back to you, C-Rock, you gorgeous thank you. piece of- Thank you, thank you, Jackie. <laughs> thank you. Uh, so one more and then we'll go on to the next topic. Um, and then if you have any other questions, if you don't get a chance, uh, feel free to DM Jared on Instagram. I guess that, Jared, is that the best way? Yeah, yeah that would okay. be perfect. Okay, yeah. who, who else, one more? C-Rock, this is Tariko. I just want fire to- Fire away, brother. I just want to say thank you, Jared. You literally uh, just took my question out of my head um, because I wanted to ask um, how you guys are working with minority-owned businesses uh, who also struggle with uh, not just getting started, sometimes are intimidated to even come in spaces in conversations like this. But it sounds like you guys are already moving in that direction to make sure that diversity, equity, and inclusion is included in the work that you guys are doing. And I want to commend you on highlighting that here on this stage because a person like me was actually listening for that and seeing if this was a pathway of or a connection for me. So thank you so much. And I look forward to learning more information about what you guys are doing. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you for, for acknowledging it. it. It matters to me. I don't see color. I don't see ethnicity. I don't see gender. I just see the right person with the right idea and the right market and the right business model. So we just, we've created a safe place for everybody. We have a daily show that we do. Um, it's like a cooler version of Shark Tank. I think Shark Tank's awesome for the record, but for the most part, the, the pitches on Shark Tank are not gonna truly change the world. Um, Scrub Daddy is a really great sponge, but I'm not gonna poo-poo it because it made a hundred million bucks, but I promise everybody on here, your life is exactly the same regardless of Scrub Daddy. Maybe your pots are a little bit cleaner, 
the stuff that we hear is life changing. It is transformational. It is limitless scale. We had a woman pitch us two months ago. She lives in a mud hut in Africa and she pitched us an extraordinary innovation. I don't know where in the world that anyone would hear her pitch, like in the world. Like, I don't know where she could go. Like, what conduit can she share her vision through? And I'm not saying this so any of you praise me. This, there's a village behind all of this that is making this happen. That's why this works, because it's not about me. It's about the collective that we've been able to establish. And now that woman was accepted into our incubator as a co-founder with us. And we're going on the journey with her because it's a really great innovation. So, yeah, we welcome everybody. But here's the key. Right. Here's the key. You have to take yourself seriously because I deeply believe that everybody has an idea that they're sitting on. They wrote it on a piece of paper. They don't know where to go with it. They're putting it in their wallet. They're too afraid. They were told that they were unworthy or not this or not that. And they're believing these limiting beliefs. And as a result, they're going to do what most people do, which is die with their greatness inside. The graveyard is where the majority of potential resides. That's where the majority of potential resides because because people don't execute on it. So my challenge to every one of you, the, the hundreds and hundreds of people that are here, is execute on your potential. I guarantee you there's an idea. Guarantee you. Take yourself seriously enough to pursue it with the level of certainty that C-Rock shows up with when he talks about Blueprinted, that Glenn shows up with when he talks about Breakfast with Champions, what I show up when I talk about the moonshot. Take yourself seriously. See yourself as the person solving some meaningful inefficiency in the world and then pitch us your idea because i'd be honored to co-found a company with you yeah can you just imagine the the innovation that would happen if everybody had a shot all along and people weren't held back and and also i got to do i do got to say people hold themselves back as well but imagine the innovation that could have taken place and the difference in the lives of those people and uh whether it's women people of color depending on where you're from imagine it's not just about that person it's it's about the people around them the people that they'd impact the exponential effect and that's what that's what really besides the fact that everybody deserves an opportunity to give everything for their potential but the people i just that that just blows my mind so i'm i'm so happy to be a part of this jared look uh what would have changed going to the blueprinted thing now what would have changed for you if you would have had the exact steps to some of these things ahead of time where you could have just followed a blueprint and achieved yeah. some certain outcome. Like, like our first ideation session, Z-Rock, when we started figuring out what you meant with people building people, like was so impactful for me personally. I don't even know if we ever talked about this because the amount of, of time, money, and pain that I've wasted or endured, which I'm, I feel grateful for because it, it's given me really thick skin and really big biceps to handle what I'm now doing, but it was unnecessary. Like it was just completely unnecessary. If there was a blueprint to, to build and scale a tech company and then eventually sell it, I would have saved literally two years and $2 million. Cause that's the part of the story I didn't share with all of you is with Synduit, we put in two years and $2 million into the first version of the software to only scrap it and start over because there's this premise called technology debt, which is where engineers cut corners and all debt is not bad. There's some debt that's really good, but when there's too much debt, it gets pretty bad quickly. And we had more debt than equity in our technology, which meant that in order for us just to get whole again, it would take us at least 14 months and a million and a half dollars, or we could scrap it, start over, 
And in 18 months, we'd have a better product than we had before for $600,000. I literally spent two years and $2 million just to scrap it to then start over. So as C-Rock and I were talking, I was thinking to myself, wow, like forget about building and scaling a tech company, but anything. Like imagine if you had the exact steps to take to produce the outcome you want. Because the whole personal and professional development industry is something that everyone in this room has immersed themselves into or you wouldn't be here. Like we stand for it. Like I have spent probably millions of dollars in it over the course of my life. Like it's it's part of why I am who I am, a major part of why I am who I am. Yet, what if I was able to produce even better outcomes because I had more precise steps to take? Like think about this concept. If you were gonna bake a cake and the only way to know how to bake the cake was to watch a 60 minute video and then you'd have to go and bake the cake. What's the likelihood of you ensuring that you had the right ingredients, the right amount of the ingredients and went through the steps in the right order? Zero percent. Cause like, like how do you sit and focus for 60 minutes and then go and implement versus what the entire industry has done is they tell you the steps and the recipe ingredients and the order to actually do everything to produce the outcome. But for some reason, with regards to goals, that's, that's never transpired. So when C-Rock and I were talking and we started to, uh, this whole idea started to like come together and take form. I remember one day I said to him, everybody's life is better when they're in a blueprint. Like everybody's life is better when they're in a blueprint and anyone that's accomplished anything meaningful has the moral responsibility to reverse engineer their success, get really granular into what they did to get to where they are, and then to make it available for a fee to anyone else who wants to accomplish that outcome so that other people can follow the exact path that you have and maybe even surpass you. Because that's the sign of a real leader, is that you allow people to surpass you by telling them exactly what you did. And that was the, that was the birth of, of Blueprinted. And to me, it was really for me. Because I spent so much time and so much money doing things that led to me just guessing. I want to stop guessing. I just want a path to follow. Yeah, couldn't have been said better, man. And uh, that's why I threw the mic to you for that. Uh, well, just to let you know, Blueprinted, the link at the top, Blueprinted is a marketplace for people that have accomplished something to share, impact, and monetize their expertise via step-by-step processes. It's kind of like, courses meet project management you know instead of a course this is a blueprint and we are under the thesis now that everybody's life is better when they're following a blueprint and so not just getting on one but completing something and then seeing the results and then the confidence that builds and then getting on another one what else can i learn to do and get a result from what else can i do what else can i do uh but the other thing about this is is that you know in blueprint in in blueprinted there's an opportunity to bring other people in to the platform. And so some of the updates we want to provide is we are working on right now uh, on a, pro- uh, a, a process where you come into the platform. If you bring other people into the platform, you're going to get rewarded for them being in the platform as well. And those details will be released very soon. And also, we're also allowing people to have their own marketplace if they qualify, if they have a following, if they have a, a, a community of people that have achieved things that want to share those things via step-by-step processes, we have a marketplace opportunity as well, where you'll not only be able to create your own blueprints, but you can bring your tribe in together and they can, they can create blueprints as well. And that's another opportunity that we're offering as well. And then following that, we're going into an acceleration round right now and we are raising 500,000 
And we're, we're working very diligently to make sure it's the right people that want to come along for this journey with us. We already have one commitment and a possible another commitment behind it. And we are going to take these folks and they're going to care about this, this vision as much as we do. And we're going to champion it and we're going to party together as we go and, and hit milestones together. So that let me just say one thing. Let me say, let me yeah, yeah, say one fine. thing. So, so this, this group, I, I just want to acknowledge, I know there's a, a village behind Glenn in, in ensuring all of this happens. And so I don't know all of you, but I do know what it takes to do something of this magnitude and this consistency is, is, is no joke. So I just applaud you all for that. And, and I also want to invite you to disrupt the personal and professional development industry with us because it just needs to be positively disrupted. It's done great. It's done great things for so many people, but it doesn't mean that we remain complacent. It goes back to my story. I don't need to be doing what I'm doing right now. Like my life is great. Like I got a great life. My life became progressively more difficult when I committed to my moonshot because this, this, this is a big problem to solve, but with big problems come even bigger opportunities. So the personal and professional development industry, it's great. But why not make it freaking epic? When I was running an agency back in the day for Synduit, this was a great business. Like from anyone's standards, this was this was pretty darn amazing. Extremely cash flow positive, beautiful office, big team, kind of the who's who of every industry was our client. But great wasn't great enough for me. And I was willing to let go of great to go for epic and to cross that chasm called the unknown and build a bridge as I was running across this chasm. And you guys got to come on that journey with us. Because if you're here, I know that you stand for the industry called personal professional development. And we're building the next era of it. And it's an era of outcome and results. An era of outcome and results. Because most people will buy programs, go to events. They won't get outcomes or results. And they're just on this vicious cycle of, of hoping and praying and seeking and searching. Let's give them the exact steps. They go from A to Z. The exact steps and let's do it together. We'd love to invite this group to participate in whatever way, shape, or form. Mike shared a few ways, but get in touch with Mike. Let's find a way to collaborate. If you're here, I know you care. And let's make this industry epic. Let's take it to the next level. Yeah, not to mention being the first into a, a new tech platform. Can you imagine being the first in Instagram? <laughs> or the first on Clubhouse? You saw everybody when they were first on Clubhouse. Trying to get real estate. Trying to get that real estate. As many followers as possible. Spending 24 hours on the platform because they wanted to make sure they got their, they put their stake in the ground and they got their real estate. Well, that's what's going to be like for the first founding members of Blueprinted. And we're already pouring black, uh, blueprints into the system. It's going to be launching within the next week or so of actually being able to purchase a blueprint from someone. And there's people on this stage that are already creators with us. So uh, I'm very fired up. If you have any questions, uh, you know, DM me on Instagram is probably the best way. And I'd love to set a 15 minute call up with you just to discuss further how you can be involved. And I hope you got value out of today because that's the most important thing is that we pour into you. And with the time that we have left, I have time for one, maybe two questions or, or uh, comments. And I want to thank Jared for being here. Thank you, brother. Always, man. Always. And if you have something, just come on mute and holler. Hey, C-Rock. It's Norm. What's up, Norm? Buddy? Fire away, Norm. Can you hear me? Yeah, How you doing? Go for, go for it. Yeah, go for it. Okay, Norm, you're having difficulties, I think, maybe. If you can't hear us, um, we'll no, come back I, to you. Oh, yeah, there you are. Go ahead. Go ahead, man. Is that working? Yeah, yeah, we yeah. can hear you. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, this sounds great. I, I got bits and pieces. Sorry about it. I had to uh, take some of my kids. Um, 
Garrett, thanks for the share. I, I want to get to learn to understand this more. Maybe uh, see where we can have a quick call in uh, a couple days. And yep. uh, See, yeah, just send me a message, man. Just send okay. me a message. I appreciate it. I don't have a question <laughs> talking about that yet, but I will when I read through it. But I appreciate what you guys are talking about. It sounds extremely interesting. Thank you, Norm. Thank you. Anybody else? Let's do a fun challenge. Who wants to share their moonshot? Who's bold enough? Oh, I'll share mine. A.m. Eastern Standard Time. Boldly declare it. Don't even share it. Declare it. Go for it. All right. All right. So this is Mario. All right. So my moonshot is I want to change the construction industry and the perspective of it in terms of making it very more easily accessible to those who may not understand the industry in terms of uh, training people in different trades of all trades, because I think every trade is valuable and it's just getting such difficult getting more people involved. So creating different training platforms uh, and softwares to make it easier to estimate, like that is super easy and explainable. And because I just fear that in five to 10 years of what this industry is gonna look like if we don't have the backing of the youth and the people coming in behind it and making it super easy for them to understand and get involved in it and what that's gonna look like in the future. Thanks. Cool. Awesome. Just dig right in. Don't say you want to. I don't want to build scale and sell. Oh, I'm already working I'm on it. I'm building scaling and selling. I'm yeah, already cool. I'm already that, working but that, on that, it. So I'm, I'm, the reason I'm sharing that is, listen, for all of you, the way that you communicate, you're bold, you're audacious, you're moonshot, the exact words you use, the tonality you share, what it does is it allows the receiver to believe in you or not. I've never met somebody that doesn't believe that I'm going to do this, like ever, like, because I am certain I am. I don't want to, it's happening. And these little distinctions make all the difference because at some point, Mario, you're gonna be sitting down across the table from somebody that's gonna help you get to where you wanna to get to faster. And I believe everybody is one pitch away from having everything they want and more in their life. And in that pitch, if you take that feedback, that distinction will make the difference between them believing that you will and believing that you won't. So, uh, yeah, stuff, yeah. Thank you very much for that. Thank you, Jared, for being here. Dora Marie, I'm going to send it back to you. I know we got to do something real quick. So thank you, guys. We'll see you next Tuesday, 8 a.m. Eastern. It's your boy C Rock. Let's go. C Rock, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.